With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time to check in with College Football Network's Cam Mel for the latest on college football. 20, 15, 10, and bounces his way into the end zone. Touchdown! Get the latest football news at collegefootballnetwork.com. Follow Cam on Twitter at Cam Meller. He normally joins us on Thursdays uh, with the holiday tomorrow. Reached out to Cam and said, I can give you some time on Wednesday. We're grateful for that. Uh, good morning. Happy holidays. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here on a Wednesday, and uh, happy holidays to you as well. Uh, look, I, you know, I said a couple times this week, you don't have to be a Florida State fan to still be a fan of Jordan Travis, the journey, the story, the play this year. Uh, we've talked about Jordan uh, uh, in the last couple of years. And just curious your thoughts. He goes down with an injury. Your heart just breaks for somebody like that. Yeah, he is the epitome of what makes college football good over the past few years and what makes the sport, I think, the best sport in the, in the country. Uh, it's heartbreaking, devastating. Uh, but if there's one person that you know will rally the team, I think what we saw it from his hospital bed during the game, cheering on Brock Glenn's touchdown. So you know he's going to be loud and as, as loud as he can be for this week and next week for them. It's not just devastating, though, for, for what he means to the team, what he means to the sport, and what he's shown, the epitome of, of finding success back where you're more comfortable. So to me, yes, devastating, but, you know, you hope for the best for him going forward. I'm going to ask you about this week's game in a moment, but, but, but you know, Tate Rodemaker has has taken snaps. I don't think Mike Nervell's devising a game plan this week or next week that's all on his shoulders, and it's one of these situations where trust the personnel around you. So, so how does Tate Rodemaker succeed in the next couple of weeks? Uh, you know, I think they have to play the the best two games of their lives on the offensive line. They have to give him time to read from one through three in the passing game to to find his targets, uh, find them quickly. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately, they have to run the ball incredibly well. You know, you you've got otherworldly backs. You've got a potential first rounder in Trey Benson and, a, and an NFL franchise changer in Trey Benson, in my opinion. So finding finding ways to get him the ball in space and having some great run blocking in front of him. They have to control the trenches. But ultimately, to me, the, the scarier game for, for Florida State going forward is this Gators game. Because if there's a, there's a strength or if they're evenly matched at one point, it's on the offense and defensive lines in the trenches. So it, it sort of favors the Gators in that way. So FSU's going to have to play the game of their lives up front. I watched Louisville-Miami, and, and sometimes teams uh, just have a great season. And maybe that's what's happening at Louisville. Many have criticized Mario Cristobal about, hey, great recruiter, motivator, but I don't know about game day coach. In watching that game, Jeff Brom outcoached Mario Cristobal. And it's not the first time Cristobal's been outcoached this season as well. In a game, and not even just in a game, you could put it as, uh, you can look at directly at the Georgia Tech game, sure. But there are some other death-defining plays that, that Cristobal has shown that either he can't manage it or he's, he's afraid to make those decisions. And I know well, there's a whatever. I feel like every broadcast now talks about whether to go for it on fourth down or not as an analytical decision. But if, if you look at the Miami game, it's been clear that Cristobal's making these decisions and ultimately too slow to make some decisions. Yes, Jeff Brown outcoached him. I don't know if that Louisville team was actually better than Miami, but some of all their parts, though, is because of how Jeff Brown, you know, outcoached Cristobal. And I think, you know, he was handed Tyler Van Dyke in a messy quarterback situation, but ultimately he's got to make he's got to make better decisions to be a better coach. 
I'm not happy they lost. The whole thing about suing for bowl eligibility bothered me, but I wasn't rooting against James Madison. But they did lose, and give credit to a good program in App State. I, we're watching the the rise of Joey Aguilar at quarterback. I, I'm incredibly surprised he didn't start the season for them, but ultimately they did make the right decision. If there's one program that you know is going to be able to make the right decision based on their personnel and recruit. I, we, we all know Boone, North Carolina is a beautiful place, and the campus is beautiful, but they don't have quite the resources of the other in-state schools, and somehow they're able to consistently put forth a team that can win and beat any team that, that, they, uh, that they play against. So to me, we're watching this team, and, and the growth is finally there. I think App State is the best team in the Sun Belt right now, and that includes over a JMU team. Uh, ultimately, they got confused, and they got uh, a little bit left out. Great game overall, but yeah, they got outplayed. Um, let me get to the great lineup uh, of a rivalry weekend. Uh, we got uh, the Egg Bowl with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but I bring this up almost every week. And again, here's another uh, number. Did you see the over-unders down to 26.5 in Iowa Nebraska? Tom Osborne, you can have an over-under the first quarter uh, of some of Osborne's teams, but um, here's Nebraska now needs to win to be bowl eligible against this defense. I, I-, I don't know how you score, and the unders played on uh, the Iowa run here. Uh, you know, it's uh, Vegas is finally catching up to the fact that smart bettors are betting the Iowa under every week and winning. They're cashing bets on the Iowa under. It's, it's uh, the age-old uh, tradition. It's got to be your number one betting rule. If you if you do bet college football, just take the Iowa under, move on about your day. I, the defense is amazing for Iowa. And the way that they do it, we've talked about it. We talked about it last week even. I am very worried this Nebraska team to even score any points. They're going to have to get a little bit lucky. We saw Wild Chuba Purdy running for the long touchdown run. He reached a max speed, and then we didn't see them really move the ball again last week. I'm very concerned with that offensive situation and how the quarterback play has been so subpar, so below average. You play against a team that's going to run out three free safeties, essentially, in that Iowa defense, and uh, yeah, they're going to confuse the Nebraska team. So I don't think they're getting the ball eligibility. All right, look, uh, UCF leaves the American. I think the Americans had a phenomenal season. You take a look at where they are with three undefeated conference teams. Last week we talked about SMU-Memphis in that game. I know you love the Friday afternoon game. Forget Missouri-Arkansas. Texas-San Antonio plays Tulane. Frank Harris, if you've not seen him, is dynamic at quarterback. And Michael Pratt, we've talked about for a few years. I know that's one of your games of the weekend. I think it actually might be my game of the week. Uh, the implications of this game, there's still a chance we could see them play each other again in the, you know, in the ACC championship game if, if SMU does lose. Uh, to me, this is the game of the week. This is the epitome of a program that has been around for a long time. Everybody knows who Tulane is, and, and you know who Michael Pratt is. You don't know what this UTSA program is about. They're, I mean, as hard-fought, hard-pressed, hard-nosed guys as, you, as you're ever going to find, they're undersized, and yet somehow they pull out dramatic wins. They're incredibly talented on offense, incredibly talented on defense. Rashad Wisdom's one of the better stories, but Frank Harris, one of the better college football quarterbacks of all time. And so to me, it's a great quarterback duel, great quarterback matchup with Frank Harris. And ultimately, I don't, I'm not certain what's going to be the biggest difference maker, probably the defensive line for Tulane if I had to say so, but it, this is the game of the week with, with the most massive implications, in my opinion. Um because I did see him firsthand last week. Uh, Hodge Brooks, that dude is big, thick, 235, and, man, he's hard to tackle. It's a good matchup. Texas Tech plays Texas. If fans also haven't seen Xavier Worthy, he's one of the best receivers as well. But, man, Brooks is big. A big dude, and he honestly, he's a, as, as physical as they come, too, right? Oof. This is a guy who looks to initiate contact. He will smack you in the mouth. Uh, honestly, if he's an NFL back, he's getting suspended nowadays with how, uh, how lenient they've been or how stringent they've been on NFL running backs recently. Uh, and uh, underrated rivalry, uh, you know, the, the Longhorns hate the Red Raiders, vice versa, it goes backwards. So to me, a big game, and Xavier Worthy, too, 
you uh, didn't see this past week, too. We have uh, the new fastest player in college football. He maxed out at 22.7 miles per hour, according to our, the AI software out there right now. So Xavier Worthy, a big play dude. And ultimately, what Quinn Ewers are we going to get to, to to see against this Red Raiders secondary, which I think is underrated? All right, let's hit the Saturday. Um, obviously, Ohio State-Michigan is massive for, for, for many reasons. But give me, as I like to ask in these key matchups because of the personnel on each side, you know, Michigan's got that incredible offensive line. Tell me about Ohio State's defensive run, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., the corners for Michigan. Uh, what are the most intriguing matchups here? Yeah, so the Michigan gets Ladarius Henderson back. He's the Arizona transfer playing at left tackle. He's going to have to play his best game against the, the edge defenders for, for Iowa State. Jack Sawyer, you know, not quite as good as maybe one of the Bosa brothers were for them, but honestly a kid who came in with high aspirations and, and a great recruiting pedigree, and he's lived up to that this year, getting better as well and so to me they gotta have to Michigan's offensive line's gonna have to play very well and then do we see Mike Sandler still finally take that next step? He's really good against subpar passing offenses. He's a converted converted receiver so he knows how to play the ball. If he matches up against or when he matches up against Marvin Harrison Jr., that is the matchup to watch at noon. Sanders Silvers Harrison and I think that ultimately dictates the game. Uh, I would imagine most people this side of the country do not know much about Arizona. Jed Fish has done a great job. This The roster rebuild's not done for, from what he inherited, but why are they so good? They're good because they win up front and they give their quarterback times, and it's a very, very quarterback-friendly system, and yet we've watched both quarterbacks, whether it was Jaden Delora to start the season or no, Peter now. Both quarterbacks finding success, finding it quickly. It's a very friendly system, like I said. But ultimately, these guys are also picking their shots. They've got talented receivers out wide, a very good tight end as well. And so, to me, Jordan Morgan, the tackle who came back after being injured last year, could have gone probably a second-round pick, now cementing himself as a potential first-round pick. So credit to Jetfish for keeping his players, bringing them back as well, and cementing their status. But uh, it, it all starts up front with that quarterback, and both quarterbacks have played exceptionally well this year. I thought last week Florida may play its best game of the year. And if they stop a fourth and 17, then Billy Napier's got that momentum-building win. But w- w- what are some matchups of Florida State-Florida you'll look at? You know, it's, it's up front. What is uh, what is Florida's defensive front look like? And, you know, if I go back to what Florida's best game was, I think, and it was when... They didn't need Graham Mertz to play as as well as he had been this season before the injury, obviously, last week. And they ran the ball so well against Tennessee. If they can replicate that success against Florida State, I think we've seen FSU be gashed by big runs. Miami was doing the same thing, and then they inexplicably changed the game plan. Uh, we saw a bunch of teams run on Florida State very well this year, including North Alabama last weekend. So if that's what Florida can do, that's what they need to do to win. Don't rely on Max Brown as your quarterback to make a couple of throws. Just literally cram it down up as you throw it. It's, it's worked in the past, and I think that could be the, uh, the ultimate deciding factor. I really respect programs that I think accept who they are. I think NC State and Dave Dorn may be that example. They don't think that they're supposed to be an 11-12 win team. He's got eight wins. Now, they won a shootout against Virginia Tech last week, but prior to that, they gave up 32 points in four games against Duke, Clemson, Miami, and Wake Forest. And all of a sudden, you take a look at how North Carolina limps into this game against NC State, and Doran's got a chance to win a ninth game with a Wolfpack team that stays under the radar. And it's a Wolfpack team that needed a spark to to be able to do such a thing. They benched Brennan Armstrong for Andy Morris, Morris, then redshirts, and yeah. Brennan Armstrong comes back into the lineup. It's the defense, though. If you look, Peyton Wilson is probably, I think, somehow underrated. He's a massive dude. He's like six foot four, two fifty, but he flies around the field at like four four speed. So to me, watching Peyton Wilson, he's finally healthy, a full season of health. 
And what is he doing? He's leading the team in sacks and, and tackles and making plays in the ball and coverage. And uh, this is a guy who makes this defense go, but he's the, the microcosm of how talented the defense is. We've known they've had some players you know, in the secondary that have been drafted recently, but ultimately this is a – they've built it. They know who they are, like you said, and they play to who they are. It's a stringy defense, and I think, honestly, they, they, they might give Drake Mason trouble this weekend. I know. I could throw any team to give me somebody. Tell me about New Mexico State and the job Jerry Kill's done there. Oh, Diego Pavia. If you've not watched Diego Pavia play quarterback at New Mexico State, underrated dual threat across the country. Uh, probably one of the guys who – somehow is the what makes their team go more so than anybody else in the country, I think. They've got a great defense. It plays really well. They play a unique defensive front. But it, it is absolutely starts up front with Diego Pavia. Underrated dual threat with some incredible accuracy downfield on downfield shots. And he elevates the talent around him. Not a whole lot of players going to New Mexico State, and yet Pavia makes them all look much better. They get the 13th game against of Hawaii, but a win uh, against Jacksonville State, who's had a phenomenal season as well, and it's a 10-win season for New Mexico State, and there were half decades that they didn't win uh, a 10-football uh, game, so it, uh, it, it, it's been a great year uh, for them. Hey, thanks for adjusting and, and coming on today. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. My, my pleasure, Mark. Thanks as always. Uh, Cam Meller, find him at, uh, uh, at Cam Meller on extra Twitter and collegefootballnetwork.com. they got a ton of stuff. As he said, they do things like who's the fastest guy in college football this week, draft preview, all that great stuff is already up there at uh, collegefootballnetwork.com. 11 o'clock hour coming up. Uh, Gary Paris will join us. A little preview of that UCF-Houston football game. Knights must win to become bowl eligible. Uh, there's a history lesson today. Normally we do that on Thursday, but a history lesson today that I think you really enjoy. It's connected to holiday football. Uh, we'll do all that much more. The 11 o'clock hour is going to kick off the news coming up. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.